When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. The Love Food Podcast is brought to you in partnership with my PCOS and Food Peace course. Finally, free yourself from endless PCOS fatigue, frustration, shame, and guilt. For PCOS sufferers who are tired of ineffective diets and unhelpful advice, join me on a PCOS and Food Peace journey that will change your life forever. Grab all the details at PCOSandFoodPeace.com. Say goodbye to the food police and hello to peace. Welcome to the Love Food Podcast, hosted by dietitian and food behavior expert, Julie Duffy Dillon. This authentically engineered series is in the form of a love letter, welcoming you to reconnect with food. Now pour a cup of coffee or a margarita and let's begin. Hi, and welcome to episode 244 of a Love Food Podcast. I'm Julie Duffy Dillon, registered dietitian and partner on your food peace journey. I'm so glad you're here. Thank you for connecting today. Those of you who are new to the Love Food Podcast, well, welcome. You are in the right place if you are exploring or need more tools in your toolbox to help fight diet culture, recover from your eating disorder, and you just want to learn more about intuitive eating and start or continue on your food peace journey. We talk all about that in this show, and typically I read a letter to you from a listener. And then I explore it with sometimes with a guest and then food writes back. And while today has a very similar template, it's a bit different because I'm going to be reading a letter for you. And then I'm going to invite the letter writer on to the show and we're going to explore the letter. And then this person gets to read their own food letter back, which was so wonderful as someone who's like kind of behind the scenes doing this. It was so wonderful to hear someone like read through their own letter to actually go through the process of writing it and contributing to mending their own relationship with food. So if you are a longtime listener and maybe you haven't submitted your own food letter, but still want to like partake in this process you know, sit back and listen to this episode and be curious if this is something you want to do for yourself to help along your journey. But if you are listening and you're like, maybe I do want to submit my own food letter, be sure to do so. Click on in the show notes. There are ways to submit your own letter to food, and I would love to explore it on a future episode. 
So we'll get to hear this episode's letter, get all the details on who it's from. But first, a quick word from our sponsor. This episode of the Love Food Podcast is brought to you by my PCOS and Food Peace course. If you have been diagnosed with PCOS, I know that you've been told you have to diet in order to manage the condition. And I don't want PCOS to be associated with that four-letter word anymore. There is another way. The PCOS and Food Peace course is rooted in intuitive eating and other anti-diet types of therapies that I've been practicing for 20 years now. The course is one part self-study where you have 12 modules and tons of bonuses that you get to do on your own time. The other part of the course is live group coaching. Once a month, you get access to me to ask all your questions, and we meet over Zoom live, and if you can't make it, you can also get the recording. We also have once a month guest experts that come in the community to dig deeper into concepts that you want to explore. This is a great time to join the community because May is the month that I turned 46. Yes, I am celebrating 46 years on this earth, and I want to celebrate by giving you a discount. If you buy the course between May 16th and May 24th of 2021, use the coupon code BIRTHDAY at checkout and get 30% off. That's right, 30% off using the coupon coupon code BIRTHDAY at checkout. And you can use that between May 16th and May 24th, 2021. I cannot wait to see you inside. Get all the details at PCOSandFoodPeace.com and don't forget that birthday code birthday code, (laughs) coupon code, birthday, to use at checkout to get 30% off. All right, enough of all that. Let's get to this episode's letter. Dear food, I don't even know where to start. We have such a complicated relationship. Some words that come to mind that accurately describe our relationship are tumultuous, chaotic, and intense. I cannot think back to a time where you were just you. It feels like we have always had a toxic relationship, especially when others try to manipulate the way we view each other. I remember when a relative would feed me a delicious homemade meal only for a moment where I could sneak in a few bites before they snatched the plate away from me. There were points in my life when you were all I had. I'd turn to you for comfort and joy, especially when it felt like my life was crumbling all around me. Other times, I was so obsessed with exerting control over you. I would spend hours tracking you, following you, measuring out every individual portion I allowed myself to have each day. I was obsessed with you, but I am sure you already knew that. I thought the more control I have over you, the more worthy, lovable, and happier I would become. I had it all wrong. These Did you know that every time you listen to an ad on this podcast, you help cover the cost of producing Find Your Food Voice? Thank you to our sponsor, Equilibria Daily Women's Microbiome Defense. Because of them, my team and I can continue our independent podcast. Equilibria is a women-owned wellness brand with unique science-backed products that help bring your mind and back my mind and body back into harmony. 
EQ's Daily Women's Microbiome Defense is a three-in-one capsule that supports your digestive health and promotes gut barrier protection. It also promotes optimal vaginal pH. These probiotics were chosen because they are studied for women's health. And I love that you can subscribe. So if you find that Equilibria's Daily Women's Microbiome Defense helps you, you can subscribe so you don't have to think twice about running out and also save 25% off. I just started taking the Equilibria Daily Women's Microbiome Defense after a trip overseas that made my GI tract kind of funky. I am hoping that it helps make things just a little bit easier, easing back in. And also as a woman, as a woman in midlife, I'm always looking for ways to help with vaginal pH. If you are not in midlife yet, just be aware. It's a thing that is around the corner for you. So head to myeq.com and use code FOODVOICE for 15% off Equilibria's microbiome defense and much more. That's myeq.com and use code FOODVOICE at checkout for 15% off site-wide today. All right, let's get back to the show. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply days, our relationship is distant. I'm keeping you at arm's length as I navigate trusting you again. You no longer occupy my mind like you once did. You no longer dictate my worth because I don't let you in. I'm in the process of reclaiming my power, which means letting go of the control I have over you. Even when I invested everything I had, my money, time, and energy into controlling you, it didn't make me happy. I did everything everyone told me to do, and yet I felt miserable. You disappointed me. I spent most of my life fearing you and neglecting you because that is what I thought was best for my health. Little did I know I was developing a severe eating disorder, although you wouldn't know it since everyone around me applauded my discipline and willpower. I find it ironic that I studied the very thing that I now try desperately to avoid thinking about. I cannot believe that I once thought my life's purpose was to exert control over you to maintain some arbitrary number on a scale, to eat as few calories as I possibly could, and to become smaller in more ways than one. It makes me deeply sad thinking that I wanted to help others do the same, develop an exhausting, chaotic, and toxic relationship with you in hopes to shrink their body. Letting go of the control I had was one of the hardest and scariest decisions I have ever made. Who would have thought that letting my body be would be the healthiest thing I could have done for myself? Yet I find myself grieving you and the toxic relationship we once had. But I want you to know it's not your fault. It never was. The way diet culture tries to lure me into its grasp with its messaging is so enticing. Messages like, eat this, guilt-free. Nobody likes a girl who can eat. Or, nothing tastes as good as skinny feels. Or, you need to earn your food. Are the ingredients for a disordered relationship with you. But I have to confess something to you. 
I don't want to be enemies. In fact, I want to be lifelong companions, making new memories that someday I can reflect back on and think, oh, that was a good day. I may not have all the answers to our problems, but I promise I'm working on it. I'm not ready to give up on this relationship, no matter how complicated it is, because the truth is, I need you. Love, can we be friends? So, like I mentioned at the top of the show, this episode is a bit different. I'm really excited to share with you a conversation with Daff Levy. Before we jump to the conversation, I want to fill you in on Daff. Daff uses she-they pronouns and is an anti-diet eating disorder recovery mentor, fat activist, video media producer based in Boston, Massachusetts. She completed her Bachelor of Science degree in dietetics, nutrition, and food science at the University of Vermont and her dietetic internship from Simmons University. As a person who identifies as queer, fat, and Latina, Daff strives to offer a unique perspective on how to view health and well-being. They brings forth their expertise in the area of size diversity and health with conviction and care to the individuals with whom they speak. Daff draws from their infinite curiosity and advocacy work to listen reflectively in order to best inform how they shares their her valuable knowledge from their educational background, clinical training, and lived experiences in their recovery from eating disorders on their YouTube channel and Instagram, quote Daff Levy. On the channel, they dive deep into topics including eating disorder recovery, navigating recovery while being an entrepreneur, media production, and more. Through their business, Double Vision Media, DAF offers remote video production, in-person video production, per CDC guidelines, of course, and one-on-one tech consulting to help body-positive content creators produce impactful media. You can support Daff's work by following their social media platforms, subscribing to her YouTube channel, and sharing their work with others. Those are all listed in the show notes for you. You can also work directly with Daff by visiting doublevision.media. Now that you know more about Daff, I am so excited to share this episode with you. Again, it's different, but I think it's really important. So let's go ahead and give Daff a call. Hey, Daph. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you, Julie? Good. Are you ready to record? <laughs> I'm so ready. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me on. It's such an honor. Oh, what an honor for me to talk to you and to do this like different way of uh, talking about a letter. And I am curious, what was it like for you to write a letter to food? You know, it was so interesting. I know you first introduced this idea of writing a letter a long time ago. And I've always had it in the back of my mind. And as I kind of navigated my uh, recovery and went to various levels of care for treatment for my eating disorder, this was um, this exercise kept coming up (laughs) in, in various forms, but I've never written one like this. And it was really cathartic and also emotional. You know, I, I was able to reflect back on different parts of myself, um, specifically my younger self. I kept feeling like I was channeling her. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I also felt like, oh no, I need to include everything. But in reality, it's just 
little snippets that I remember are probably the most um, impactful. That's obviously still impact me today. So to answer your question, I think one word I would use to describe it is cathartic, but also it felt like a, I was grieving. Mm-hmm. I am grieving. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's not something that was like past tense. It's something that you're actively doing. It, it sounds like it surprised you that it went back to childhood mm-hmm. or to um, this small person and their relationship uh, with food. Absolutely. That actually is exactly how I felt surprised. Um, be- especially because there was a lot of you know, things that happened that were quite traumatic. Like when I was younger, I would say that's probably when I, I had a really difficult relationship with food and I didn't have the tools that I do now. So it was honestly more painful when I was younger and when I was using more behaviors, but, you know, it was also an amazing opportunity to just give myself the compassion that I really Mm. need. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that person needs that compassion now too. And when you were when you were like writing this and it surprised you that it connected to these things, you you mentioned this grief. That's definitely a theme that I hear from a lot of people's like when I read through a letter, that's what I'm connecting with is like this grief, um, this like, oh, this is so messy. Why is it so messy? And and blaming for the mess. Right. When, like, as you describe in your letter, like how this was something that was unfolded and taught to you, that's not your fault. Right. Um, and and all the choices you made because of those false truths. Um, would you be willing to share a little bit more about the grief that you totally you're describing? Yeah, absolutely. I think so. I still identify as a person in recovery from my eating disorder. So that's why this process feels so ongoing. Um, And it also helps me honor the fact that we are always growing, you know, and that I am allowed to change my mind. My relationship with food is allowed to change. Um, I actually learned a lot of this from you and and listening to episodes of the podcast and just following my favorite anti-diet dietitians of this piece of unconditional permission. It kind Mm -hmm. of opened the door to so many other things, including this grieving process. And so this grieving process really represents a lot of different things, not only my relationship with food as it morphed into different things throughout my life, but also different parts of myself. You know, when I was younger, I, I feel as though my eating disorder just completely robbed me of my childhood in a sense that, you know, I now identify as queer (laughs) and I now feel very like a lot more connected to myself and to my body. Whereas, when I was younger, it was really, it was using food to kind of, I don't know how to, you please correct me, but how, like I used it to scapegoat. I'm not mm-hmm. quite sure how to use it, but mm-hmm. how do I, how do I say it? I don't know that. <laughs> okay, that sounds fine. Well, tell okay. me what you mean. Tell me what more about that. If that okay. sounds, if it's sounding clunky, sounding clunky. I think, I think, um, I don't know. That's what I always think of when I'm like, what is the word? Right. But right. When you're saying that, like, what do you, it's not like it had a purpose, like food had a purpose. Right. And, um, it was right. trying to help um, smooth over or make something easier or disconnected, maybe That's even. exactly right. It did okay. all of those things. So okay. food for me had so many different purposes. Um, it was 
arguably the only tool that I really had that was a constant in my life. Mm. Um, so the grief is really around, you know, the relationship I had with myself, but also just the opportunities that I missed out on as a mm. child. Mm-hmm. moments of connection that I wish I had. As I think back on my childhood, I just, I can so vividly remember how I felt um, and what I ate. If I look at a picture of myself, I can tell you exactly what I ate um, wow. and how I felt in my body that day and pro- probably even the weight that I was at because it was Those were all behaviors that I used to kind of dictate my worth, but also, you know, my life's purpose at the time Mm -hmm. was kind of to shrink my body. So, yeah, I would say I definitely am grieving parts of myself, specifically the younger part. So this was a really awesome opportunity, although painful at times to even think about. It was it is really it really helped me frame this my relationship with food as another way to give back to my younger self. Mm, Tell me more about that. Yeah. So, you know, now that I have the tools that I have after having gone through so much eating disorder treatment and also the education to become a registered dietitian, I feel as though I need to spend time listening to those negative thoughts and really sitting in those. I really want to spend time sitting with the pain that I had experienced because I know now that I can handle it. Mm. And back then Mm. I, you know, I, I know that I did the best with the tools that I had and now I have more tools and I just want to be able to show up for myself in a way where no matter what, I just want to know that I will get through something. And so I feel a really big piece of that is going back and sitting with my younger self as she had really, she experienced a lot of pain and a lot of suffering and used food or the manipulation or restriction of food as a way to channel all of those feelings. And I want to give her space to express that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When you're describing this too, and and I, you're mentioning about like being able to sit with that pain and I'm thinking about like future death mm-hmm. and I wonder if future death is, believes that they can also survive that future pain, you know, and, and knowing that you've gone through what you've described and you found tools to do it. I don't know. I guess I think I'm being a little Pollyanna-esque, but I'm like, I know you can get through right. what comes in the future too. Right. You have gotten through all these things you describe. And something else that you mentioned that I think is a really um it's a it's a it's why the like letter to food to me has always been so important in the work that I've done with other people on their food peace journey is that how we have related to food. Um, in the past, right now, as we look forward, it it really is this like mirror into like how we relate to ourselves. Totally. And it's like writing it out, it, it helps to like really appreciate how complicated it is and how beautiful and how we do find what we need in order to survive. And 
Yeah. So there's, there's so much of that richness in your letter when I was reading it, how, um, and also I, I, I connected with some sadness of like, while the tools that she was taught to harm herself were also mm-hmm. the tools that helped her survive that trauma, which is right. kind of like this, like, ah, <laughs> it's comp. I mean, that's what I mean by it's complicated. And I yeah. think that it sounds like that was the whole point of writing the letter is being able to sit in those, in the nuance of it all. Right. Mm-hmm. So I totally agree with you that it's, for me, as somebody, I identify as someone who's really self-aware. I always have been. But even now, just having gone through what I've gone through in terms of treatment and just intentionally slowing down, I think that for others, this is such a unique way to, like you said, connect with other parts of themselves because we all have a relationship with mm-hmm. food. Mm-hmm. And it's really can it could really be the key that allows somebody to access all these other parts of themselves, namely emotions that they haven't felt in years. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So that's kind of what it represented for me, for sure. Yeah. And, you know, you're mentioning parts of your story and I know my podcast doesn't have enough time to go go through all of it, but you did an amazing (laughs) interview with Christy Harrison on Food Psych. So we'll put a link to that in the show notes. Oh my gosh, that (laughs) I will admit it was a little misty eyed at my house because I was like... (laughs) (laughs) But also like you have, um, you connect so many dots for your life that I know other people will find really familiar in their own life. So, um, and I, I appreciated the emotional labor that went into that, that interview. So thank you. Thank you. That's so generous of you. I mean, is there anything, you know, is there any part that you can think of right now that was that you, that you took away that you'd like me to touch on? I think, um, again, because of your, your awareness and your um, ability to like communicate that awareness, you know, so that's something I know for me, I stumble on, like, I feel really self-aware, but I don't always have words to express it. And um, listening to your interview, I found it to be, I could follow along, you know? And wow, that's interesting that you say that because it felt so (laughs) clunky and chaotic. So thank you. I didn't feel that way. And I also, you know, I, we need to give Christy Harrison some high fives because he's also an amazing interviewer and journalist, but, um, and, um, you know, something that I would encourage anybody who is struggling to reject diet culture, maybe you've like named it. Um, but also, it feels so scary to move away from it, to listen to your experience and your story and, and the the things that you've sought out. Cause like you kind of mentioned here a little bit, but you know, you trained to become a dietitian, right? You like did all the, like all, all the hard shit to become a dietitian. And I know most people probably don't know what even what we have to do, right. but like it's a rigorous undergrad. And then we have to go through this like matching process and uh, over half people don't even get matched anywhere. And then you do a year of like mm-hmm. free, hard labor. And going and to tuition. debt doing that. Yeah, you pay tuition <laughs> doing it. I forgot about that part. Um, yeah. yeah. And, um, you know, part of what led you to it from what I've gathered from that interview and this letter is like, because you were given these false truths. You worked so hard to like get through all those hoops and then to come to this place of like, oh, these things harmed me. I, and that's why I think anyone who can like relate to having this kind of complicated relationship with food and having a hard time with rejecting diet culture because of the body they live in and how fucking oppressive diet culture is yeah. to listen to that. But 
I don't know for anyone in that place, do you have any words of wisdom like, or, or totally. even just like totally um, words of support yeah. for them? Yeah. There's two things that come to mind um, and I'll try and remember them. So let me just list <laughs> them so we can, you do so whatever you, you can do. always start. Yeah. <laughs> so the first is, is, you know, to those of you listening right now, and first of all, thank you for listening to my letter and my story. Um, for those of you who can relate to parts of it or all of it, I want you to know that I see you, you know, I see the pain that you're in and it's so real. It's so valid. And I know that at times this process can feel so unbearable. I know that sitting in it is so uncomfortable, but I also need you to know that you're so not alone. This is a really common experience and something that I wish I would have done but I don't say that in a judgmental way to my younger self, but in a way, I, I hope that I can empower you to honor the pain that you're in. Let yourself ride the waves of those emotions. I promise you they will pass. As I'm learning about the function of emotions, you know, the more you push them away, unfortunately, they'll come back kind of more like tidal waves. But um, I, I think that if you are able to find the courage, within yourself to just sit with yourself and experience the pain as it is and try to not attach to it and not judge it, I promise you'll find a lot of information that will help you later on in your life. Mm -hmm. um, that's one piece. The other piece that I think that I really want to highlight is the process of becoming the process of studying to be a dietitian and going through the rigorous training very much rep is very representative to the idea to diet culture. Um, the sense of false hope is exactly, I'm alluding to that piece of, you know, I'm told that if I lose weight, then I will be happy. Then I will find a boyfriend. Then I will, um, everything else will fall into place. Those are all messages that I received when I was younger. Similarly, I'm told that if I'm a dietitian, people will listen to me. People can trust me. Um, I'm, I, I am more worthy. Um, these are things that I told myself as a result of internalizing all of the things around me. But I wish I would have honored the fact that I felt like I didn't fit in. And there's a reason for that. And I don't know how this is going to land, but it almost just feels like the field wasn't meant for people like me. Mm -hmm. So there is a little bit of resentment that I'm working through. And yeah, I mean, so it, it's just interesting. I, I kind of want to name that the process of be becoming a dietitian very much resembles the process of dieting for me. Yeah. Well, that makes sense. And you know, the, the, I, I want to call it the truth that I want to name is that having you and other people with similar lived experiences in the diet sex profession is the thing that's going to make it better and stronger. And I don't know, just like more representative and help more people. Like it's just going to make it so much more fucking fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> 
Thank you. Yeah. And, you know, like for sure that it's, it's, it does everything. It being the field of dietetics has done everything to keep it, you know, white, cis, thin. It's just and inaccessible, especially with these new inaccessible. That's like the main thing that comes to mind. And that's something that, you know, as I sit here, I, you know, I'm ba- I always say I'm basically a dietitian, although I actually, you know, I didn't pass that exam, but I, I no longer feel resentment or anger towards myself. It's almost like I, I don't know. I don't want to get into this because we only have a few minutes, (laughs) (laughs) but but, um, what am I trying to say? That I'm not closing any doors. Mm -hmm. Just like, Mm -hmm. just like I'm trying to teach, just like I was trying to teach my younger self I'm trying to lay all my cards on the table and let it be yeah. okay. Yeah. You not know, going if I, down that binary, not, yeah. not like making it an all or nothing kind of decision. Exactly. I mean, it goes against every ounce of my being, every hmm. neural pathway that has <laughs> become my default. But I mean, that's ultimately where I find relief. And that's ultimately, I mean, that's what helped me come out as like non-binary um, and queer and fat. <laughs> so that courage or at least willingness when, even though I didn't feel strong, but the willingness to just be is really, it's what get it's what gets me through difficult mm-hmm. moments. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I hope dietetics becomes more accessible. So you feel safe in it to Thank do that. You. Yeah. And like I said, I'm not closing any doors. Mm -hmm. You know, I I think that I want listeners who are listening to (laughs) know that it's okay to change your mind. It's okay to take a break. It's okay to leave your career. It's okay to come back to the career. You know, it's okay to explore different parts of yourself. Um, That's the one thing that I want people to know. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's so amazing. There's definitely, there's a number of people who are dietitians in training who listen to this podcast or new dietitians that I think will really appreciate that. And I, you know, there's also like other helping professionals in training that listen. So I have a feeling they're going to relate too, but you know, one thing before we wait, one thing before. Yeah, you go ahead. You do your one before, and then I'll do one before. Sorry to the editor. (laughs) Sorry. Okay. (laughs) One last piece that I wanted to mention is that if you are somebody who is training to be a dietitian and you are someone who struggles with the relationship to food, trust me when I say that I get it and I see you and I want to give you the permission that you might feel like you don't have or just feel like you can't do for yourself. I want to give you the permission to pause slow down and take care of yourself because all of your future clients are going to be there. You will be a better dietitian Mm -hmm. for it. If you do that, that is something that I wish I would have honored before thinking about um, a lifetime of work, you know, that's rushing to check off the box is I would I appreciate how it's keeping so many people from accessing healing or the the space that they need to to not have to be like hustling and that chaotic kind of space that comes with that. So um well what I wanted to ask you, because we um before we push record, one of the things that we talked about was, 
you know, being able to go back in time and to talk mm-hmm. to that little girl. And, and we've, I think we may have mentioned some of the things that you were thinking about, but were there, is there anything that we haven't said yet today that you would like to go back and tell that little girl um, if you could go back in time? Yeah. I mean, the one thing that comes to mind right now is, well, one thing is like, you're not crazy. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, The pain you felt was real and it's, and it was hard. And So what I'm so one word that I would use one thing that I want to give to younger DAF and to those of you listening today are is validation, validation of your experience and just unconditional love and acceptance and just no judgment, absolutely no judgment. And yeah, that's what it would be. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. Yeah. Oh, well, we need to wrap it up. Unfortunately, I know know. it's too short of a podcast to dive in. But listener, if you're wanting to know more about what DAF is talking about or to hear more about DAF's story, definitely check out the interview with Christy Harrison on Food Psych. And if someone wants to find more about you outside of that interview or like wants to work with you, how can they how can they connect? Yeah, thank you. So if you'd like to kind of find out more of my story, of course, go ahead and listen to my episode with Christy. But I also have a YouTube channel where I share parts of my story um, of my eating disorder recovery. And I'm also hoping to explore other parts of myself as I am a young entrepreneur. Um, You know, I own a media production company where I want to help people amplify their brand and use online video to make their knowledge and expertise more accessible. So if you wanted to work with me right now in the present moment, it would be to create uh, media. Doublevision.media is the is my website as well as my Instagram handle. And my YouTube channel is just my name, Daph Levy. And my personal Instagram is also Daph Levy. So you can find all those different <laughs> parts of me. Awesome. Thank you so much. I really appreciate you sharing this part of yourself and, um, you know, hearing how, you know, wanting to reach back and help uh, younger deaf to be able to be seen and heard and believed and validated. Um, Just know that you've done that for someone else listening. So Mm -hmm. thank you. My pleasure. Thank you all for listening. So there you have it. I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Daph Levy. And if you want to find out more about their work, do check out their Instagram and YouTube channel. I have access to all the links in the show notes, so it's just easy. You can just click right there. And I appreciate, Daph, all your insight. We have one more opportunity to hear from Daph in just a second because Daph wrote their own letter uh, from food, and they also recorded themselves reading it which is just so lovely. But before we get to hear that letter, this episode of a Love Food Podcast was brought to you by my PCOS and Food Peace course. You can get to all the details at PCOSandFoodPeace.com. If you enjoyed this episode of a Love Food Podcast, I would love it so much if you left a rating, a review, subscribed, and or shared an episode. Doing any of those acts of kindness really does help the show grow. I read 
each and every review. So thank you in advance for putting a review in there or sharing an episode or any of those other things. Again, it really helps the show grow and helps more people find it. So thank you in advance. All right, enough of all that. We are ready to hear from Daph one more time, but until next time, take care. Dear Daph, I'm sorry for the pain I've caused you, directly or indirectly. It was never my intention to be a source of or contribute to your anxiety, low mood, and lack of confidence growing up. I need you to know this. I showed up in the best way I knew how and adapted to all of the messages I was receiving from you, your family, and society. I need you to know this. I showed up in the best way I knew how and adapted to all of the messages I was receiving from you, your family, and society. It was painful at times to hear some of the comments that were said about me. It made me feel like I was too much and not enough at the same time. After a while, I admittedly lost hope for our relationship, especially when you neglected me for hours on end every single day. But I forgive you. I also want to acknowledge all of the work you've done on repairing our relationship since you started your recovery. I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart. I know it's not easy. Thank you for not giving up on me, even when I frustrated the shit out of you or when I've caused you physical and emotional pain. The amount of resilience and respect you have shown is truly inspiring. I hope that someday our relationship can be a source of comfort, nourishment, and peace for you. I know we have a long way to go, and I'm still learning how to show up for you like a supportive best friend would. I know lately we have been more neutral and at times apathetic towards each other. That's okay. I know this is a process, and all that I ask from you is to continue to show up, no matter how hard it can be, and I promise to do the same for you. I want you to know that I'm not going anywhere. I'll always be here for you, because the truth is, I need you too. Love, food. Thank you for listening. I am Julie Duffy Dillon, and this is a Love Food Podcast. Do you want access to more food peace? Jump on over to my website and join my email list. There, I share exclusive content that I don't share anywhere else. Get access to these tips and strategies by going to juliedillonrd.com forward slash sign up. And I look forward to seeing you here next week for another episode of the Love Food Podcast. Take care. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.